Hello, welcome to episode four of Pop Culture Persephone. This is Teresa P. It has been another long week. This is Friday, April the 3rd. I cannot believe it's April. Ay, ay, ay. Um, I hope everyone's getting through it. I am not going to talk about COVID-19 until maybe very briefly at the end of this podcast, very briefly, because, um, I I can't, I I can't really handle it right now. I I just can't. I got to pretend right now that that we're, we're not, we're not in it. Um, what we will be discussing today is an episode that I am theming where the wild things are while I am calling it that is because we are going to be talking about the wild and wonderful world of Joe Exotic from Netflix's hit Tiger King. We will also be talking about some wild and maybe wonderful reality series. My personal favorite Vanderpump Rules from Bravo's um, you know, Bravo's Empire, a spinoff from the um, Desperate Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills franchise. And we will be talking more in depth about the TLC reality world. Um, some of those shows, including but not limited to 90 Day Fiance, Sister Wives, Happily Ever After. Maybe a little bit about the Duggars, but not too much. This is another, you know, network that provides us with 600-pound life, pimple popper, things of that nature. Some, Some interesting programming. Most importantly, I will be joined today by artist, performer, singer, baker, librarian, Eastsider, Ms. Kate Atherton. Go on her Instagram account called Nonsense Singer. Check her out. Go into her bio. Read her latest amazing comic. She is a wonderful illustrator. And 3 p.m., I believe Monday through Friday, during this lock-in that we're that we're all experiencing. She is providing Instagram live videos of her creating art. It's quite it's quite fascinating. I can't really draw it all. That is not my forte. But how I do love watching her. She's wonderful. It's amazing just to literally watch her do this. Um, she generates a lot all the time. So I'm always fascinated by this and very lucky. She's um, a great friend as well. So without further ado, let us connect to Kate. Just a little housekeeping here. There was some audio issues with the trailer of Tiger King within 
the next segment with Kate Atherton. So therefore, I am going to play it now. You will notice at about the 11 minute mark in the next segment, it will be a little bit hard to hear. Just ignore it. (laughs) And I apologize, but I will insert the trailer here so you will get a sense of what Tiger King is all about. Thank you. connecting with us not the same as having you in the room with me Kate but we'll take what we can we we'll take what we can get how are you doing today oh I'm doing good I actually got up before noon so it's been a good day so far (laughs) I was telling our listening audience right before um, I got you on the phone a little bit about you a little bit about you as an artist and that you are also work in a library and work as a baker, but at this time you are pretty much churning out art and making things Yeah. Um, while yeah. you are sequestered at home on the east side. So how's that going for you? Is it, are you feeling positive from that? Or are you feeling challenged or how's it working um, for you? Yeah, I feel positive. I've, I mean, I've produced a really long comic for the first time almost ever, but I also think I... I and a lot of creative people, and I'm sure, I mean, you're working still from home, but I'm sure you relate to this. I think a lot of people are putting pressure on themselves to get artwork done or make (laughs) things also. So I also feel that a little bit, especially as we go into these way more extended time of this. But 
Um, I'm noticing so that. I am noticing yeah. that. And I'm like, take it easy on yourself, people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not. We also have to take care of our minds mentally. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think it's wonderful. And Kate did, as Kate mentioned, she did produce something quite amazing. Well, something that is near and dear to my heart, um, which would you talk a little bit about your Star Wars comic, Kate? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, truly, I have been meaning to write a series of graphic novels about being in theater, but that is also going to happen. In the meantime, these first two weeks that I've been home, or going on three, I made a 52-page comic that kind of fills in the gaps in Empire Strikes Back, (laughs) where I... I kind of wanted to like flesh out um, some Leia and Han relationship things and also just the world a little bit to show like how bad living conditions are on Hoth. (laughs) And I think it kind of speaks to quarantine too, because in a lot of this story, these Star Wars characters are isolated and um, like either on the Millennium Falcon or on a planet and they just have no one to talk to and just have to kind of work on this rebellion on their own um (laughs) so I think that's why I wanted to do it and I have been into Star Wars my whole life and just cranked this thing out at home uh so it is very exciting I recommend I recommend everybody to check this out where can can folks find this um on your Instagram or or are you going to be able to make this available for yeah Yes, I plan to print it. You know, uh, right now it feels a little selfish to print <laughs> things just because I can't even get them to people right, as bad as right. even normally. Um, but I'm going to print it. Um, the link is on my Instagram bio, a nonsense singer. And I also think it's a WordPress site. And the URL is, I think, just Star Wars by Kate. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I please read it, especially if you're into Star Wars. I uh, think... It's it's an interesting read. Even my friends who are not into Star Wars said it related to them being in quarantine oh, yes. a little bit. So, yeah, it's I, a, I think it is for both Star Wars lovers and and ones who don't have any interest because it's it, it's bringing up a lot of the humanity and a lot of yeah. the hmm, I never thought of it that way type moments in Star Wars. Or I did think of this that way and. What an oversight. Yeah, yeah. And another By cool George book is, <laughs> is uh, Chewbacca talks in this because I figured they can understand him anyway, so I'm going to make a story where we can. Thank God. And, yeah, which I really, was really fun and I got really attached to him. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I definitely did. And I also think it just speaks to, I mean, my work is very conversational. Yes. There's no action in this, I will say, because all the actions in the movies, this is very like one-on-one um, friendship kind of conversations or re- relationships. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had a great time doing that um, and watching Tiger King, which I think is what we're going to be talking we about. Are. Maybe I'll make a Tiger King comic. We, <laughs> absolutely. I'm giving you one more plug, though, because are you not, are you doing this every day at 1 p.m.? You're doing a live Instagram yeah it's, it's actually it's actually at three oh, usually okay, um three o'clock. yeah but um yes I haven't this week every day I've gone on and and drawn or painted something live um 
or colored it digitally. And it's been really nice. I think it's sort of an ASMR thing. I hope to people to watch something get drawn or colored, you know, on a live stream. Right. That's exciting. That's it's, and it's pretty fascinating. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever watched. I cannot draw a straight line. Um, my brother, my middle brother is a pretty fantastic artist as well. And I've always been fascinated just to watch him. He has a lot of very similar um, isms and practices like Kate. He is a, my brother's a pointillism artist. Oh yeah. Which it's called something else, something more technical. Uh, but he uses varying different widths of kind of markers and pens. Oh yeah. To make shading and what have you. It's, mm-hmm. it's very intricate but he really really enjoys doing it and i i think it's 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 very soothing for him he has a little art room and what have you but i have always i've always enjoyed watching him and watching the process and oh yeah um, all of that so i would suggest for people to check this out it is um on kate's instagram which is a nonsense singer mm-hmm. at nonsense singer all one word it's worth watching. Um, and um, maybe you yeah, will be inspired to pick up to pick up um, some paper and draw a little. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you can yeah. do it. I know. Yeah, like I you say, it's very calming. But yes, <laughs> absolutely. So um, I have told our folks that the episode title today is where the wild things are because not only are we going to be talking joe exotic but we are going to be talking some wild and wonderful and maybe not so wonderful reality shows (laughs) that um that kate has introduced me to all of them every (laughs) single one of them bless her heart um let's listen a little bit now though to um good old Joe Exotic from Tiger King. And we will go from there. There are more captive tigers in the U.S. than there are in the wild throughout the world. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joe Exotic, and this is Sarge. Like a mythical character living out in the middle of Oklahoma, owns 1,200 tigers. 
tweet that a little bit but from what you heard from the extended trailer that that is joe exotic he has a fuller name he has a name he's not his christian name is not joe exotic it's 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 something very long and i don't remember swear swerve the i i can't remember it's a very long complicated name yeah Um, but then he, he took the names of his first or his two husbands though too he did he he did because um, a lot of people do not realize that this just isn't a story about people owning private zoos with wild tigers, ligers, yeah. and big cats. But it's also a story about a gun-toting, man-on-man-loving, country-singing mm-hmm. yes. ham. I would just call him a... <laughs> I call him a ham, a narcissist, oh, sure. a ham, um, yeah. and a truly unethical person. Um, <laughs> but the hard thing, the most interesting part about this seven-part documentary, mm-hmm. I feel, is that there is, you do not walk away from any of these characters going, well, that's a good person. Right, right. I mean, I would say some of the folks who are working on Joe Exotic's um, zoo, yeah, are are probably salt of the earth. Yeah, uh, like like the man who was in charge for so long, who has the two leg, the two um, yes. prosthetic legs. I forget his name, um, but he seems like a genuinely good person. And a lot of those people. I mean, kind of testified against him and threw him under the bus, but I think it's because it had gotten out of control. I think they were on board with him and his initial intentions for everything to take care of these cats, and then it just got out of control. Right, and I think at one point, um, a big part of a big part of the documentary series that people will notice is that a lot of the people who are working at Joe's at um joe's gw the gw zoo i believe it's called right um right. are you know are people that have been incarcerated before yeah. and um he now mind you joe makes it sound like he's doing god's work and that yeah. he is literally a saint for doing this but i do not believe all of this was for altruistic means i'm sure he was paying them nothing i know he was paying them nothing they were living on site there so they weren't paying rent but they were living in really disgusting like subhuman conditions oh yeah and um so and who knows if he was even if it was even on the up and up how they were paying for them you know businesses legitimate businesses will get tax incentives for um you know for giving folks um, who have been incarcerated um, employment opportunities. Right, but right. But I think you got to do things really by the book. 
for something yeah. like that. And I don't. Yeah, there has to be some official <laughs> record of these people being there, for example. Right. I think I think there's not a lot of. Uh, he's not getting checked on a lot of the stuff he's doing. No, um, no. and that was that was that's a part that I find shocking, and I don't know if it's because we don't know enough about the big cat world. Sure. Sure. (laughs) But I feel like, I feel like your regular zoos have to be going through your, you know, normal inspections and what have you. And I only think that the authorities interest was elevated when he continued to find ways to bring more attention to himself. Sure. Yeah. Uh, It's an interesting decision to be doing illegal things, but then also be trying to run for office and trying to constantly be in the spotlight and make TV shows and radio programs. It's like you can't have both, Joe. And I think at one time in the documentary, it's interesting because you start off on those first couple episodes. I tell everyone and you're almost... You're like, this guy ain't so bad. Yeah. He might not be my cup of tea. I'm not a, you know, the gun thing is always off-putting to me. People that feel the need to carry a firearm on them at all times and to blow things up every day. Right. For no good reason. That is off-putting to me. But I'm like, you know, he's gone through some things in his life. He loves these animals. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's very, it's very, I mean, I, I want to hold, I wanted to hold a little cub tiger after that first episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, how could that be? How could there be any bad implications with that? I I mean, I, I had no, you know, I'm clueless about this world. Right, right. Yeah, totally. But, you know, of course, with and everything about Joe, you know, Joe is also likes to dabble in. He has a gift shop within the, within the property where he sells. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yes. He sells a plethora of items that you would not think zoo, such as he sells himself. Joe exotic condoms, a bestseller. Joe exotic, um, bikini underwear. Oh, yeah, yeah. That he does not wear because he doesn't wear underwear. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. And his and his CDs. So a little <laughs> thing I found out, because, of course, the seven-part documentary wasn't enough for me. <laughs> it was an itch I just kept on scratching. Joe Exotic. Okay, so if, I am not into country music, but the songs are catchy. And the voice is good. And I was thinking, oh, yeah. it's too good. Right. Well, it is right. too good. Yes. <laughs> he had a lot of help with. This is this came from the music. The songs were written and produced and created by kind of a different country outfit that um, creates kind of music for hire and then he is singing but just kind of lightly singing over top of it oh my god Did, didn't he hire them to do like a theme song for the park and then just kept saying hey i have another song yes but then he 
I mean, I think he paid them something, but then took credit for the song, right? Which is such a bizarre thing to do. It's really, um, it's really bizarre. Um, it's really bizarre. And, um, but he's a narcissist. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. about, and the more you go on and on with this documentary, it's like, oh, this isn't about the animals. This is about him. Right. And it's about oh, control. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that gift shop is enough to say, like, you're talking about all the stuff he sells. It's like, he claims in other parts of this that this is about conservation. Like, introducing people to tigers will make them want to save the rainforest. Right. He and that Doc Antle guy both say that. But it's like, it clearly isn't for you because look at your condoms in your gift shop. Like, you're not you're not trying to save the tigers in the wild. Correct. And he would go on to use those condoms, I, I believe, again, in his run for presidency in 2016. Oh, and then yeah. his run for, was it mayor? Or governor. Or governor of Oklahoma. Good God. I mean, I don't know why we're so surprised. We, we should not be so surprised by the fact that someone at this level has run for a president but yeah, i'm just yeah. disappointed in myself that i missed it the first time yeah. i know well my my brother says he remembers seeing it on like john oliver's yes. other shows that they were like saying this dude is running for president and i i was not aware of that but it is crazy and it's um you're introduced you're introduced not only to the the workers as i said including Safi. Um, Safi in the in the show, who is mislabeled as she. Oh yeah. When yeah. Safi is actually um, a he. Um, <laughs> so I feel I felt really bad after learning that. Yeah. But in the show, I believe it's the first episode. You come to find out when you look at poor Safi, and he's discussing work on working at the zoo Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they zoom into his arm and you see that half of it's gone because he had it gnawed off (coughs) by a tiger yeah Yeah, that's right and was back in back in work like five days later or something i mean i need to stop bitching about work conditions ever Yeah. yeah i mean and i'm it was just kind of heartbreaking to me yeah. because I'm okay. like, where, what level of training do these folks who are coming on board here really have? Right. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. and he was more upset in the documentary, he being Joe Exotic with, yeah. with it, this, this bankrupting him. Oh yeah. Than, yeah. than anything. And um, that's when you first see the first inclination of, I don't know if he really gives a damn about people. Right, right. Or even the animal. I mean, I think right. he definitely was so attached to these animals. But then I think, uh, as with a lot of people with big cats in the United States, they have these tiger cubs that they love. And then they get bigger and they have babies and it gets out of control and you have to unload these tigers and you have to take care of like, 40 tigers and it's it's just unsustainable and you stop caring about like they're getting those like trucks of meat from walmart to feed them and you're not paying your employees i mean i think it just it got too crazy um 
but yeah, you're right. I don't think these people are necessarily trained. I, I mean, he doesn't, he's not trained to deal with big animals. Absolutely. Either. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Now, and I hate to say this, but it might just be the packaging looks is cleaner than Joe. But on the other end, one of Joe's, I would say, mentors, because yeah. he's a bit old, a little bit older than him, and more successful would be Doc Antle in yeah. Florida. Another fucking character. Oh my gosh, yeah. Who has a, who, who has a harem of women? Just, yeah. And, and perhaps a cult, a, perhaps a, a cult situation yeah. going on. Um, it's, right. it's awkward. It, it's, um, it's, it's odd. There's a whole segment where one of the women who felt trapped there does an yeah. interview. Right. Um, so oh, she was fascinating. Yeah. That was pretty fascinating. And um, Doc Antle, we came to find out afterwards now he like Joe. He seems to have, he seems to have more professional training with animals. He's been doing it much longer, yeah. And he's um, he's worked a lot actually with Holly in Hollywood movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was the one I was so excited about? Oh, he. I was really into the live action Jungle Book as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the one that like Sam Neill is in and uh, Carrie Elwes I think is in and he provided the cats for that movie yes. which is crazy to me yeah he provided the cat for um the tiger for uh the hangover of course and mm-hmm. most famously the live slave for you production oh yes Apparently, yep all that's of right. the animals <laughs> including that python that she wears around her neck oh my god all from Doc Antle's Doc Antle farm. Um, oh man, I wonder if he hit on Britney Spears. I oh. wonder if he was like on the set of that and like flirting with. Absolutely, her. <laughs> he he's got. While I say Joe Exotic is narcissism to the eighth degree, Doc Antle has a level of confidence yeah. that I have not. Yeah. Again, it's a cleaner package. Yeah, but it's Florida. Yeah. It's also Florida, and I don't right. know what's going on in that state. But sure, some crazy shit is going on in that state. And this is an <laughs> example. I will say that the living conditions for his, um, I guess, his gaggle of ladies—some mm-hmm. married to him, some not—is uh, much better. They at least have their own home. Yeah, yeah, it looked that way. The compound looked just, yeah, more like fleshed out. Um, but then that woman who was interviewed was like, we we had like cockroaches everywhere. And like, she had her own like, thing to say about that these these women are living worse than it looks, yes. maybe. But she also wasn't very high up, it seems like. Like, she was just there working and like, maybe had a relationship with him. Did she confirm that she did? Um, I thought she confirmed that she did. I don't think she was, I guess the words proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, I guess not. I like how her, the detail of that her parents dropped her off there because she really wanted to go learn to do this. Yeah. And the dad was like, don't fall in love with your boss upon meeting him, which is an insane thing. Which is something no one in my family has ever said to me about, I mean, is is he known? Is this man a known 
lover of women. I wonder. Or if the dad just looked around and really read it for what it was, which is is incredibly perceptive. Well, though all of those women who came in there, he did like makeovers on as well. Oh yeah. No, oh, yeah. He and sexed them all names. up. Sexed them up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and gave them yeah, new names. Right. New exotic exotic names. Which <laughs> is which is crazy. Um, you know, the big conflict I will say in this documentary, there's no way that anybody that anybody listening to this has not watched this documentary yet at this point, right. by or the way. Memes. So we're just like <laughs> literally saying the obvious. Would be yeah. um all you all you cool cats and kittens, Carol Baskins. That's right. Um who I find to be the biggest hypocrite of all of these folks. Yeah. Um, who she has in Florida, again, another place in Florida. Doc Antle is also not a fan of her. She has her own uh quote unquote animal sanctuary for big cats called the Big Cat Sanctuary. Right. But again, we have exotic cats still caged up. Yeah. And she's, and it's a nonprofit. So she's asking for, you know, instead of admission donations. Mm-hmm. And she has volunteers. And she has volunteers. So she doesn't have to pay anybody that, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you start digging more into Carol's life, you come to find out that she was she was tr- raising trying to domesticate these cats in the same fashion as Joe right well and still i mean so i know it's really hard to return animals to the wild like i understand that just from i don't know my childhood of hearing about animal rescue right from from i don't know where at the great panda adventure the 90s movie i don't know but she's still not like returning any animals to the wild or really helping animals in the wild. So it's also fake. Like she's just bringing them to her place to die. She basically says, which, okay. I mean, she says they're better living conditions than these other places, which maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's all very, I think subjective, debatable. She's, you know, she's an interesting woman with, a missing husband that could have been fed to a, you know, a tiger. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of these things are a possibility in this, oh, yeah. in this documentary, which sounds so insane until you watch and you say, well, <laughs> may, maybe, but she, yeah. she didn't make a lot of fans with, with, with the children or the ex-wife, obviously. Of no. this husband number two of hers. Um, and she seems to have a. Um, all of her husbands are about 20. 20 25 years older than her too. Mm-hmm. Which I find right. that to be an interesting. Pattern. Yeah. And for I think for a very specific reason. Um, but. You know she's something. Else, she's something else. And when you watch when you continue to watch episode after episode, you just see this war growing between the two of them, both of them going on their YouTube stations, kind of blasting each other, her invent, her bringing up investigations against him, him. He has his own like public access show for God's sakes. 
Oh, yeah. Which, that had to be a hoot to watch every night. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And and they, I mean, the documentary people organized this so well, but there's so much footage of these two because they're so vocal, like you're saying, Absolutely. online. So they ramped up this, I mean, I think it's just how it really happened, but they ramped up this conflict and showed it escalating. Like, Joe, like, really threatens her on air a lot. A lot. Whereas she more, like, threatens his his business and his, uh, like, way of life. Like, she doesn't threaten him physically. Because <laughs> she kind of can't. But No, 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 she cannot. Um, but she threatens his way of life. Yeah, and, which then ramps it up even more. Yeah, and I don't even think, you know, I mean, I don't even think he has when he starts first. It's when he starts really digging into her past is when he uncovers the thing about the husband that might have been murdered. Um, yeah. Her past um, where she had a video which shows how you can domesticate a wild cat. Um, yeah. it's just, he is relentless. He's relentless, le- uh, relentless in his pursuit to take her down right, at the expense right. of everything. And at the expense yeah. of his, frankly, his relationships, he's in a, he's in a relationship with not one, but two men. Yeah. Both of them a lot younger than him. Yeah. That we come to find out he's been essentially feeding drugs to just kind of keeping them I really think I don't really have the right words but you know the addiction they're they're clearly addicted yeah both to drugs and he is the purveyor of that for them Right. It's really sad. It's really, really very, very sad, the level of manipulation. And you come to find out that um, neither one of them, you know, and this is, uh, sexuality is a spectrum, but neither one of them would, would say they identified as gay. Right, right. Um, which is, which is interesting. But, yeah. <laughs> but not only that, but... um you also come to find out a little bit like Doc Antle's harem of women mm-hmm. that they were they weren't allowed to leave their compound. Right, right. Yeah, they that really comes to light when you hear about kind of what happened to I don't want to spoil things like this for people, but some one of them meets a tragic end. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you I'm sure you all have seen this. But um and you kind of find out like how miserable he was near the end. And it's it's terrible because at first, when they show kind of their wedding, their three-way wedding with it, where they all have the pink shirts yes. and corsages, you're thinking, oh, this is, I mean, I'm glad this man found people to marry in rural Oklahoma who jive with his crazy cat park. But then later you realize how kind of dark and, and rough these relationships were. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And um, again, it's, it's it's a you must see to believe type of documentary, and mm-hmm. once you, I know that I watched it somehow all in one sitting, which is too yeah. much. That's too much. <laughs> Seven episodes in one sitting. I had to lay down in between. I had to drink. Um, I had to take a small walk outside. 
yeah with my dog um it was it, it was too much but um only netflix it's like they knew that this was gonna happen yeah yeah and they were going to just draw us in i will yeah. give i will say that some people are are certainly capitalizing on this I got to give it to David Spade. I have been watching his, he has a (laughs) YouTube series called like low tech hi-fi or something like that. I'm getting it wrong, but because of the resemblance between his character of Joe dirt and Joe exotic. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that was the first part, but he, he went, he went from there and he went and he interviewed quite a few of, the people from the documentary and I mean in a surprisingly respectful and tasteful manner it's still funny oh, but he interviews Safi he interviews the gentleman with um with with the legs oh yeah with the artificial um legs oh man I gotta check that it's, out I've not yes it's this. It's pretty great. Um I was I was surprised it's it's pretty great and if anybody is on TikTok all it is is people dressed up as Joe Exotic. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Joe Exotic is everywhere on TikTok. Everywhere, oh, yeah. you cannot escape him. He's also unfortunately uh, serving how many years in jail for a conspiracy to commit murder? I, I, it's what actually it was. It was shorter than I thought, wasn't it? Like twenty two or I thought it was, was twenty two. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was even. I mean, because I thought initially they were saying like really big numbers, like eighty or something. But I I don't exactly remember the sentencing part. Unfortunately, um, I do know we were very curious about if he was still married to the most recent husband, Dylan. And apparently he is, they are still together. Oh yes. He does find love again. A mere two months after the tragic demise of husband yep. number two. It's. Oh, that I was shooketh after that one. I know. That was, that was a rough. I'm like two part. months. Yeah. Two fucking months? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, I mourned. I mourned for Travis at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the the campaign manager guy, who is my favorite character, yes. it's this man who was like a manager at Walmart and just would talk to Joe when he would go in there and buy like ammo yes. stuff or like every day, every day gun, every your everyday gun materials. <laughs> and and he was like hey i like you you're pretty smart be my campaign manager and this guy left his job at walmart and did it but then went through this awful ordeal of being joe exotics campaign manager Correct. and it's very fascinating and he's kind of one of the more grounded people in it i would say because he didn't really depend on joe for anything but he did kind of get super involved absolutely um, yeah absolutely um i think and he feels the most grounded, I would say. Yeah. Of of all of the people, they're very intelligent, and bringing up the the truth, the fact that Joe had no idea when it came to politics, what a Republican and Democrat, a Libertarian and Independent was. 
Oh, yeah. And how he <laughs> soon came to find out, oh, he doesn't really care. This right, is just a right. platform for essentially for vengeance. Yeah. I mean, that's right. And for attention. And attention. For, who knows? The, the narcissism yeah. is, you know, that's really at the forefront of all of this. Right. Um, because it's Joe, definitely Joe first, and everyone and everything else, including the animals, a way, a very, you know, not even fourth, fifth, maybe seventh, because it's like Joe yeah. one through seven. Right, right. It's it, it's very crazy, but um, you got to check it out. If people have not checked this out, I I I I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. I know you have time. I know you. You may, you may not have Netflix though. Maybe that's maybe the, that is the only barrier. That is the <laughs> only barrier. Like Roger Connors, Sir William Roger Connors does not have Netflix. So oh the amount of just media and shit that he has been getting from friends in regards to Joe Exotic has uh, got to be overwhelming <laughs> and a bit annoying. Uh, yeah. But it's, oh, gotten, yeah. it's gotten to the point now, though, that he cannot wait to, to watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I like you said, I work at a, a library and it's interesting with Netflix because a lot of the people who I talk to about DVDs don't have Netflix who come to the library. They're getting things from the library. And I feel really bad that, first of all, they don't have that right now. And second of all, th- that Netflix will not release DVDs of this stuff forever like they they really? produce so many of these shows oh yeah like people come in and have heard about i don't know what's another netflix show i mean besides this sex education or something yeah. that's on there and i'll say you know it's not going to be out forever i don't know when we'll ever have it <laughs> because netflix is trying to get people to subscribe, subscribe to so. that is really yeah. interesting it's not like for a while um my mother is a huge my mother loves the library that is her I mean, even though her, she has so many overdue books that my father is convinced that they're going to take her in one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because she is, she's like one of the folks that you would be very familiar with, Kate, at the library. Um, mm-hmm. Because she's not, she goes in there and she does get DVDs. Like she, um, yeah. She didn't have like the second season of Downton Abbey, so she had she went in there and got that. Oh yeah. She, um, she wanted to get all of the seasons of Big Love from HBO. She was able to oh, get yeah. all of those. So, yeah, thank God HBO puts out DVDs because right. <laughs> I don't know what we would do exactly because it's it is interesting though. Um, Netflix is out there to dominate the world. I, I'm convinced of it. But it sucks mm-hmm. because if you don't if you don't have it, you kind of aren't part of a conversation. I mean, and they seem to be, and it might be just in my mind because we're home so much. But God, they seem to be ramping up, yeah, so much more content, um, right? And I talked about this with Roger. Not only not only Netflix, but you know, they their other outlets are having to find new ways to deliver essentially deliver media to our to us that's why you're able there's like six movies that are out in theaters that would be out in theaters that you right. can purchase now right like emma like yeah. emma which you saw which i have not seen yet emma yeah did you enjoy it i loved it i thought it was i mean 
I was into, I just like period pieces and I was really into little women, but I thought this was way better even. Oh, wow. I think it's, I think it's really quirky. It has a different interpretation of some of the characters like journey and relationship to Emma. And it's just the most beautiful colors and fashion and it's yeah it's gorgeous and I I do love Anna Taylor Joy I mean I'm a big fan of and I'm a big fan of the 90s Gwyneth Paltrow yeah oh yeah version with uh with Tony Collette and I I love that one but I'm definitely getting more and more drawn into I'm very close to just just uh renting it that's the interesting thing with Emma too is that actually every adaptation has really been good like Gwyneth Paltrow is a great one yeah Um, there's also one with uh what's her name Romola Garay oh yes um that's really great and then there's Clueless which is also a great interpretation yes it is so I mean it's really been doing well unlike I don't know I don't love Wuthering Heights movies like I don't think any of them have been great yeah, so I think Emma's been very lucky to be told and represented by a lot of these actresses. Absolutely. Well, listen, Kate, we're going to take a quick break, but you'll be contacted in about one second. Okay. Uh, because we're going to, <laughs> we are going to pivot just slightly to Miss, to, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Ms. Lisa Vanderpump, but to <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. When we Where's What's Why is she crying? Brittany, why are you crying? Jealousy is literally the root of all evil. When you just, she's just letting trolls get About the marriage pastor. Oh. Oh, Not only that, there's more. Like, oh, just, just like, Sandoval, same thing. Um, I wonder what it took Lisa Vanderpump for you to say something? No, you didn't talk to Sandoval, seriously. What? You have the nerve to say it took Lisa Vanderpump to say something for us to do something about it. You did not know what I've been going through. I'm Why not. are you f-ing trying to do something like this to somebody? Why are you trying to hurt somebody like that? You're trying to make them look bad. I'm not yeah, trying to make you look bad. Seriously, you have nothing. Like you're just like not even Once again, Once again, dude. No, it's about the pastor. A pastor thing. Asshole, dude. I was upset about what I saw and I wanted we to find were. out. So was she. I okay, well, I wanted to find out. Oh, we're so sorry. I wanted to say that's what I wanted to That's okay. why I fired him and that's why I'm getting another pastor. Okay, okay. Well, I want to I, I ask questions. All I wanted to do was talk to Jax off on our own. Like, you know, hey, you need to be a little bit more aware about these things. This is not my fault. I did nothing wrong. But now, has literally hit the fan. Hello again, Kate. Hi. <laughs> okay, back. so the clip that was played, and unfortunately you could not hear it, was from this latest season eight of Vanderpump Rules, in which there is an enormous blow up at one of the seven zillion theme parties. Mm-hmm. Because these these children, these not children, these 30-somethings <laughs> and below. <laughs> Yes. Did not have one goddamn get together without it being no. themed. Which which I relate to. <laughs> which which we all yes, which me, Kate, and our circle of friends do appreciate because we will make a fucking theme out of anything. But it feels and I do believe all of these all of these um characters on Vanderpump rules who are all performers. They're they're all yeah. wannabe 
singers, models, actors. Right, right. I mean, every single one of them. So this it's very performative and fun, and it it makes for good TV. Oh, yeah. But um, the clip that was played was at God, whose birthday party? I think, I think it was Jax's. 39th birthday party oh oh and two of them have like joint parties don't he and one of the toms have like birthdays right next to each other although they might have done something special for correct i believe jacks and tom sandoval have yeah similar birthdays yeah who fight a lot this season Mm -hmm. i believe they're like a few days apart um but in this clip this entire season of Vanderpump Rules, and we're in the eighth season, mm-hmm. is focusing on, it's not the enti- entire thing focusing on, but Jax uh, Taylor, who is the resident bad boy, but he's, you know, he's, he's, he needs to put down that crown. He's, a, yeah. he's a getting married to his Southern Belle, Brittany. And they mm-hmm. have both become... The Bridezilla's from hell this year. Oh, yeah. And nightmare. Because they're both so proud to have made this work and be getting married. And they're taking it out of you. They're like, aren't you so excited about this like we are? And other people are not, I think. No, I think they're exhausted by it. And I think um, (laughs) if you haven't watched Vanderpump Rules, a lot of people feel like they cannot watch it, by the way, if they haven't watched the real housewives of Beverly Hills because that, that was, that's the chicken before the egg because the character of Lisa Vanderpump was on that show. Correct. It's Beverly Hills. Right. And, and even Sheena, who's one of the like main characters on Vanderpump rules had an affair with Brandy Glanville's ex, Eddie Cibrian, Eddie Cibrian. Um, and so she was almost kind of tied in yes. to Beverly Hills also. Yeah, she's kind of, she's one of the connecting forces of of the show, Shayna Shea, which is the greatest, <laughs> the greatest damn name ever. That's her, that's her married name from her first, uh, yeah. first husband, which you, you see that relationship in the first couple seasons build up and then fall apart. But I have only really dabbled in the Real Housewives franchise in Beverly Hills. I've watched some other ones, but it was really Kate and Mackenzie that drew me into the majesty that was Vanderpump Rules. And I said, I'm not going to like this, but I was wrong because it has everything. It has Lisa (laughs) Vanderpump, who is British and fancy and owns tiny little dogs. And lives oh, yes. on a motherfucking estate called yeah. Villa Rosa. Yeah. You know you have money when you have a moat. She has a moat. Mm-hmm. With a swan in it, right? With or a swan, <laughs> baby horses. I mean, it is a level of wealth that is mind-numbing. And I will tell people, I'm on this eighth season, and it's not, I'm still entertained by it. I enjoy it. I love the fights. The fight that I played, Kate, was Brittany losing her mind and screaming <laughs> at Tom Sandoval saying, you're not a friend. Um, just because Tom had the audacity to bring up their choice of a pastor who was oh. this truly 
horrific anti-LGBT um, pastor who oh, may boy. have been their family, her family's pastor, but oh, had no. been extremely vocal about this these hate-filled beliefs. And this and this man is going on a Bravo wedding special. Or... Well, that was the thing. It never happens. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Not to not spoil it for people, but this man never. They may they change it. They they essentially fire him. Yeah, and they get him replaced by quite the opposite. Lance Bass. Yes. Lance Bass marries them. What? Yes. I did not even know that. That is incredible. So they make a, they make a sharp turn. Um, it, it is wonderful. And it makes more sense. And you, if you watch season after season, you see um, they are a very uh, big LGBTQ friendly group. Lisa yeah. Vanderpump is very supportive of gay rights. Gay pride is very important to them. And it's, an, it's an important episode every year. It really is. It's one of yeah. the most volatile, exciting episodes every year is their gay pride episode. But yeah. one of the biggest reasons is her restaurants are located in West Hollywood. So in yeah. West Hollywood, it's a, you know, it's a very gay area. Mm-hmm. So she, it would be very stupid for her to bite the hand that feeds. I truly believe she's, and she's a true advocate. Um, yeah. But it was it was a little shocking to watch this season and to see kind of... You really started to see the difference in ages with Jax. And mm-hmm. he's turning 40 while you have some people that are still in their, you know, mid-early 30s. Right, but Jack. The difference is, Jack's always Jack's has always been around these younger people, and while he looks young, his thoughts have not progressed. Yeah, he's kind yeah. of he's kind of digging his heels into. I'm older and wiser. That's interesting. Yeah, because he. I mean, he's so. Here's the thing: if you have not watched this show, Jax was so absolutely insanely out of control for years and years, yes. and burned a lot of bridges. He somehow like never got fired from the restaurant. Never. But he, but he's had a lot of wild days and cheating on girlfriends and everything. And recently, his father passed away last season or the season before. And he's really like reformed and been really proud of that and gotten serious with Brittany and proposed and all these things. And he, and I think he's so proud of that when like, really he's just become an adult for the first time. Right. And that's not that huge of an accomplishment in a lot of ways. Like it's sad. It's, it's actually yeah. very sad. It's like you've, you're finally acting like a human. Yeah. I mean, there are seasons where he, Literally, I have never seen such a convincing liar. Lies in oh, the yeah. face of either his girlfriend or the girl who thinks that is his girlfriend. Oh, sure. Some yeah. of the harshest breakups, but like a, it's just a car wreck. You can't stop watching. And it's fun to watch. It's a very fun, you know, alternative. I call it like a truly alternative life. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's so the whole LA West Hollywood world is so far removed from what anything I've ever experienced. 
And I mean, when yeah. you have servers that part of their process, they, they have headshots. Yeah. It's an Ooh, audition, yeah, you know? So I just right. had to include it in on this conversation, even though it's not TLC related, because without Kate, I would not known have known of the magic that is Vanderpump Rules. And I cannot recommend it more. If you have a Hulu subscription, I think you can go and watch every season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Except for like the app, the one that's really on TV right, right now. Except for eight, but... which is going on now. Yeah. And it is, it's fantastic. And a lot of these people you will know, you will recognize because even if you don't watch the show, they have, they have started up businesses on their own. They have written books. Like Cassie yeah. Schroeder, she's written a book, and now Kristen yeah. um, Doughty Doty has written a book. They oh, all they all have their side businesses, but um, I think the most hilarious part of of this reality series is, especially with Jack Taylor, who continues to him and Hall about money, yeah, about how expensive the wedding is and yeah 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 and he's yeah. making we came to find out about twenty five thousand dollars an episode oh my god and has been in the last couple seasons yeah oh my god i mean they've all most of the characters most of the lead people on the show have they've all bought homes and we're talking three to six million dollar homes so they're doing yeah. okay yeah, yeah. They're they're doing just fine. So that's I mean, that's really all I have to say about that. But I'm gonna pause real quick like I did last time because we are going right back in Kate. Yes. With TLC and Yay. the show Sister Wives. Yay. Cody and I met. I guess I was just young and in love. He and I both knew that we would take another wife or wives into the family i just fell in love and then i fell in love again and then i fell in love again this is cody's 13th child she's a sister from the same mister and he's a brother from another mother (laughs) some people think how do you feel when he's off with another woman and you know they're having sex well gosh darn it they better i think we're normal and i go out and i'm like oh yeah i can't tell everybody about my normal family if you're good with one marriage, they figure you'll be good with two. I hope they think I'll be good with four. With Robin coming along, it just changes everything. If it happens, she just has to be absolutely amazing. I knew it would be complicated, but I didn't know it would break my heart. The wives, they work together as a team, and I want to be a part of that team. Okay, Kate, the clip I just played... Was really, I know, and I was shocked to find this out, but there's been 14 seasons of Sister Wives. Oh, God, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought 12, but yeah, 14. (laughs) That makes sense. So I played the first season. I was overwhelmed doing this research. Um, I played the first kind of mini trailer from the first season. Mm-hmm. And you are really our expert on this. I mean, this this is coming from TLC, the same you know, the same network that, that's brought you the Duggars. Oh, yeah. That's how most famously perfect. John and Kate plus eight. I really think that's the show that put TLC in the map with oh, reality yeah. programming. 
But this show, <laughs> please explain. Okay. Is that the trailer where he says, like, love should be multiplied, not divided or something? He, Correct. Yeah. Um. So Sister Wives is, I think, the best polyamory show. Although the current season that my mom and I are watching is not so interesting. It's really them moving houses a lot. But um, it shows Cody Brown is the man and he's married to these three women who he's been married to for uh, many years, 20 years, basically. He married them kind of one every couple years, 20 years ago. Um, and their names are Mary and then Janelle and Christine. And they each have different amounts of kids with him. I think I think Christine has seven Janelle has six maybe and then mary only has one and that's sort of part of her whole storyline um and she's the first wife yeah i think i think christine has seven and only one boy i think um but yeah so he married these three women and then the show starts um in season one when he is courting a fourth wife and they like take you through that process of like deciding if this woman is going to join this family and she was raised in the Mormon faith, but is a divorcee and has three kids from another marriage. And her name is Robin. And so it starts there and basically is just about um, this polygamous family and their relationships with each other and Cody's. Uh, so the reason the current season is insane is because Cody, the, the man, has this just wanderlust like he just wants to move constantly <laughs> and it's really irresponsible because he has 20 plus children or whatever and he he just decided last year or the year before he's like we're gonna move to Flagstaff Arizona for basically no reason and um took his kids out of school his one son was a senior in high school with a girlfriend and a varsity team and all this stuff oh and, man and it's just like we're gonna move so currently it's a bit ridiculous but there's been a catfishing storyline where the first wife got catfished online by someone she thought was her like friend and maybe love interest to take her out of the family and then it was not that um oh. And there's just been all kinds of crazy stuff happen. My mom says it's a show about nothing, to quote Seinfeld, because it's a little <laughs> bit just them being yeah. like, now we're making a meal and having these two families over. But it's also really fascinating to see these women who opted into this lifestyle deal with this idiot man and deal with each other. My question with him is this. Um, what... None of these women are working outside of the home, correct? Um, They were. So when the show started, they all lived in Utah and had pretty normal lives. Like the second wife, Janelle, was a career woman. Like she always had a full-time job and her sister wives would like take care of the kids when she was working. Okay. Which they, which they tout over and over as being a benefit of this lifestyle. They say like, my sister wife can take care of my kids when I'm doing something else. It's like, okay, fine. Um, but they all did have jobs, but because of this moving all the time and because of them, I think publicly being on this show and being polygamous, they have not really been working the past very long period of time. Um, the first wife, Mary, who was catfished, sells LuLaRoe clothes. Oh, uh, that MLM nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's an interesting, it, she does do that for work, um, as far okay. as I know. Um, but what Christine, does he do? This is a uh, lot of children to oh. 
I I genuinely I do not even remember what he first did. I I really can't even. He always talks about it really vaguely, like maybe he's in real estate or something. But yeah. I genuinely cannot tell. And now I don't know that he does anything. I mean, I can't. Well, yeah. I mean, the the series itself kind of like, kind of like you know Kate Goslin, and one of the many reasons why I think that marriage dissolved frankly was because John was seeing the bad repercussions Mm -hmm. of constantly being taped yeah having this bizarre lifestyle you know kind of the Kardashian lifestyle in which right five months out of the year there's a camera yeah and we have children right and she was like nope this is our lives this is it and um, I do, I think we're going to have some really interesting books come out yeah. in the next five years of these children who were brought up in this type of lifestyle. Yeah. Maybe, some, maybe some of these kids from Sister Wives, maybe some of the kids from the, you know, I don't think the Duggars, that's a whole other story, but maybe from. Yeah, they're um, not going to be allowed to write books. <laughs> no, John and Kate. You know, yeah. is, I realized that there was also a show called Counting On, which is the... Uh, the continuation of the Duggars stuff. Is that that one? I'm blown away. If people don't know, the Duggars granted just some controversy because one of the sons was sexually molesting one of the daughters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the main thing. But it, also, he was on... Um, what's that website called? Ashley Madison or whatever. And oh, yeah, yeah, his yeah. wife, and then it also came out that he, yeah, he had molested the the daughters, and they had covered it up basically, and not ever done anything really about it. Yeah, that was really rough. It is, it is interesting. They must be lawyered up to the hilt at TLC. Oh yeah, because uh, that's just really disturbing. So with here's here's, and you have not. I think you did. Did you mention that you ever watched Big Love? Um, a little bit. I never, I didn't finish it. Um, I should get that from the library when we're back. But, um, I, I saw the beginning of it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, you know, it's one of those shows that, and it might be the, God rest his soul, Bill Paxton, who's oh, pretty yeah. wonderful in it. Um, you know, they delve into this, you know, poly family. Yeah. Um, who are also, you know, having to be very careful, right? Because what they're doing is technically illegal, right? Um, but you start after a couple seasons of watching it, you're like, oh well, he's kind of wonderful, and this doesn't look so bad having three sister wives. Yeah. But what I have seen though from Cody, who is just a doofus. Oh, yeah. It seems. I just, he seems very capricious. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. I mean, I I really don't understand. You're right. Bill Paxton has a definite, like, I mean, he's a, a good father and he's good to each of those women. I think it's a different yes. kind of situation. Uh, Cody is, is, yeah, a doofus. But I think he bought into this lifestyle and was a certain amount of, they also all met when they were so young and we're just figuring like from the episodes I've seen where they're talking about how they all met we're just like oh 
there are only so many people who believe in this and that guy seems nice <laughs> sort of like what it seems like to me and they're, um, they're all from are they all from the mormon faith yes they're all mormon some of them let's see i think the first and third wife were brought up in also polygamous families um okay so their father had multiple wives and they have siblings that are half siblings and everything um so yeah it's, it's interesting to hear like christine the third wife for example knew she wanted to be a third wife she says she was like the first wife is you know, like handles a lot of the issues with the dude. The second wife comes in and fights with the first wife. And then I get to sail in and everything's great is basically. Oh, the third wife definitely seems like even on the show, Big Love. Yeah. Third wife is the Jennifer Goodwin character. And that one is definitely having the most fun. Oh, yeah. And I think it's kind of true in a way. I mean, from what I've seen, uh, this one family that I've watched, but. I mean, she had a really great relationship with him and with the other wives for a long time. So that is, well, now that is fascinating. What do they do or is it even talked about, about the legal aspect? Oh yeah, it is. Um, so w- only one of them can be legally married to him. And actually, I don't really know how they were on this show and lived in Utah as long as they did because they were about to be basically in trouble for this. Um, but so Mary was technically legally married to Cody for a long time. But then when the fourth wife, Robin, came into the family, they wanted to adopt her children from her first marriage. So she, uh, Mary divorced Cody and Robin got legally married to him. What? So, so yeah, so now he's legally married to the fourth wife and the, the middle two have never been legally married to him. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know, and this is the Scorpio in me. I'll be quite honest with you. Um, I'm never going to be somebody. I'm not French, and I'm a Scorpio. I, I'm never going to be somebody who could be in this, in a plural relationship. No, I probably no. could never be in an open relationship. Um, you know, definitely couldn't be in something in which I was sharing a husband. Yeah, I mean, I... Um, be- yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I compare myself to other people too much, even if like yes. the one benefit I've seen from them is, yeah, they have a child care thing. They have a community built in of people who get what they're talking about and love their kids. Like, I get that. And also, True, yes. weirdly on this show, my mom and I have joked about that they don't have to deal with Cody as much. Like, he is away from them three out of four days <laughs> in a four day cycle in a certain way which is such a stupid thing to say because we're talking about sharing someone but it's like they have a weird situation where they have a husband and a family structure but they don't have to deal with a lot of it all the time um and i'm sure it's very comforting for them to have each other as ladies Mm -hmm. and they have you know he has he has no idea truly of the struggles of raising these children. He's not right. doing the heavy lifting. Right. And he, it's so interesting because he acts like it's so hard for him. Like he acts, he says, it's so hard to not see all the kids every day. And it's so hard to move around and please everyone. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But you have to do that. <laughs> like, right. And you're not doing, you're right, Teresa. He's not doing a lot of the work. And I know that sounds 
like I'm just hating on on men. I'm I, I'm not. I mean, I have seen, and I have not. I I've seen enough of this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, it's it's him specific too. <laughs> it's he he is what we're talking about. Good God, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, it's, I mean, oh, there's no easy way to make a pivot toward this next show, but I don't have a clip for it. Um, but. Another show that Kate introduced me to that has that has like two or three sub shows or spinoffs around it. Yes, it does. It's Ninety Day Fiance, and it is exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch it oftentimes with my hands in front of my eyes, peeking through my mm-hmm. fingers because there's so or with a pillow because there's so many cringe worthy moments in it yeah and i can't figure out if it is literally what is the foot what i am seeing in the footage or how they're editing it together or a marriage of both mm-hmm. yeah but essentially the premise is you have a um and it's a it's a person from a country, you know, outside of ours that um has met somebody from America. Mm-hmm. Usually we're seeing usually we're seeing a man from America meeting someone from like say Haiti. Yeah, yeah. And part of the visa situation, and you please correct me on this, is that they have a certain if they come over to the state they yeah. have a certain time period in which they must be married yeah yeah that's right so it's it's this 3 months or 90 days on this sort of fiance visa or what i the k1 visa k1 visa is. that is it yeah yes. and then they yeah they must be married in that time and they kind of count down on the show and say this is where we're at you know with this timeline of these two um yeah, it is. I mean, it's such a fascinating show because it, kind of like Tiger King, you don't like either side. You're no. Like, you're like, oh, these Americans are being idiots. And also, these people from these other countries are kind of not actually interested in the person or not able to. They just want to get to America, but actually, maybe they shouldn't even want to because this person's awful. <laughs> right. Like, because it, again, not to talk about love is blind, which is a much shorter window, but yeah. there's no fucking way they mm-hmm. know who these people are. Mm-hmm. And they are meeting them oftentimes in a very created alternative way. You know, a lot of yeah. times it's online only or something like that in which you don't right. know what you're getting. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's such a, it's also great because there's so many different relationships. Like there is one that's actually very sweet where this woman from America met a man in England through a karaoke app. They would yes. sing together and they're actually very sweet and a real couple and they have a lot to overcome. He's a, um, he, he's like in trouble with the law in England. So he can't move to the U S right away. Not good. Um, but they are really good together. Whereas like there are other people who these like doofus dudes from the U S who meet <laughs> a woman on like Filipino Cupid. And that yes. woman's talking to like 10 men from 10 different countries and they don't like him at all. And <laughs> like, 
I don't know. It's fascinating to see the differences between, I mean, you can really tell couples that actually have a connection and then couples that don't against all odds. There's this man. Oh, what are their names? This guy, I think his name is David and then Annie who's from Thailand and they are the weirdest looking couple. Like the dude is this big kind of blobby penguin from Batman. Yeah, yes. Guy. I have seen him. Yeah. And they, and, and, Annie's like beautiful and young and from Thailand, but they actually weirdly get along and like each other. Like they have so much to talk about. They're on the, um, one of the spinoff shows is couples who used to be on the show watching the current show. Have you seen that? The, oh my like, God, there's the, another one. What's that called? It's called like pillow talk or something. They're at their house watching the current season and talking about it. Oh my it's gosh, like a commentary. Is brilliant. And, but Annie and David are so funny on that show and you see that they like love each other it's really really very sweet so now let me ask you a quick question about Annie and David because I while I was doing some more I have watched the first season of 90 Day Fiance and I have a long way to go but um I was looking at I I think I I came upon them looking through some YouTube videos does he ask her at one point um, or demands that she gets an STD test before they move forward in their oh, relationship. Actually, that's not David, but a bunch of men do that. And Oh, um, that's not David. No, I it's heard... this guy. The first one to do that, notably, was this man, Paul, who goes to the Amazon rainforest to meet his fiance Karini. He's the first notable one to do that, I would say. And my... A friend of mine had such a brilliant point because the women always get so offended, rightfully so. They're like, okay, dude, thanks a lot. Um, but this person had such a great point, which is to say, why don't the men say, I'll do it too? Absolutely. Like, like even if they're not having sex or the reason they have this kind of mail order bride type situation is because they're not getting any. Like, why don't they even the playing field and say, I'll do it also? That is... A great thing about, I, I think, um, like online dating now for both gay and straight people is that that's commonplace to say, I just got tested at this yeah. date. And it's like, what is wrong with you that you wouldn't offer that? Yeah, it, it, it it's part of the conversation now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it really is. And I think it goes to show you, though, unfortunately, and I'm not saying this about all of the men who are seeking quote unquote these mail order brides their lack of their limitations with social yeah um and their boundaries that they've had yeah. you know perhaps in the state i mean i i watched an episode and um and you're going to know his name and i'm not going to but the whole reasoning that he was interested in um this woman was because her morals were so high. She came from an area where they had better morals than American women. Oh, yes. Oh, well, there's also a couple of those. But people, I've noticed men saying that about women from um, South America and Hispanic cultures. Because yes, they're you... saying that they are, I think they're assuming Catholic or, you know, family oriented, which, you know, could be true but the fact that they're deciding to be in relationships with those women because of that stereotype is crazy it's it's really crazy and as you know Kate in the first season what really drew me to the first season and it's always something that can kind of when something connects you to where you live I think it's it's always fascinating but there is a couple and they 
<laughs> they went on to be a pretty famous tumultuous couple, which is Danielle and Mohammed. Oh, Mohammed yes. from Egypt. Danielle, yeah. who was about 22, 23 years older than him. Yes. Living in Sandusky, Ohio, mind you, yeah. that area. And it was, and he was quite kind, to be honest, at first. Yeah, but yeah. There was not a day that went by that she wasn't lying to him about something. So if you if you kind of go in late to the series, he can come off as being quite harsh and and horrible. Yeah, yeah. And he's clearly he's he's Muslim and he's um and he he's not interested in, or nor does he want to like consummate this relationship before they get married. And he says right. per his religion. Which I right. do believe that. I do believe yeah. that about him. Yeah. Because um, there's further evidence as the as it goes on when he's talking to um, a woman that isn't Danielle. Right. But what's but what's very sad about the whole thing is Danielle has done all of these things to try to keep him there. Yeah. And she doesn't have a pot to piss in, and she has these daughters who are just, you know that they're so frustrated. Yeah. It's just so frustrating for them to watch all of this kind of in slow motion. And right. And have the stranger living there. Um, they're seeing that, I mean, their mother's trying to, you know, see if she can buy a, you know, buy a wedding dress. And either the water or the electricity isn't paid for. Right. So it's, oh, yeah. You wonder the um, mental health assessment that these people are given, if anything, right? prior to going on to the show. Right, right. Oh, yeah. No, she's, I mean, Danielle is so irresponsible about the whole thing. I think she, uh, she's such an interesting case because I think she is, yes, looking for love, but she's not, yeah, she's not being responsible about her kids who are coming off way smarter than her. Oh, absolutely. They're beyond because a lot of kids on this show have a reaction like, are you sure you want to be doing this, mom or dad? But these kids are like, yeah, you're right. Like our rent is not paid. Right. Um, They're they are the words. They are the words of reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they're the ones saying harsh things. I would say truths to their, you know, parent. And I think it was Danielle's youngest. It might have been her youngest child who has the short hair. Oh, yeah. Really sassy little haircut. And that kid was saying, listen, uh, he's never, there isn't love in his, in his voice when he talks to you. Yeah. This is not right. going to work. We got to move on. These are things that aren't being taken care of in this house. And I'm just, I was just sitting there watching this and feeling so bad for these children who have to be the parent. Right. Because right. the mom is essentially wrapped up in a fantasy yeah oh yeah um which you know it's denial is you know it's a it's certainly strong yeah um but it's 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 hard to watch it's it's really a hard to watch show that i find myself watching episode after episode the only other and I don't know if they're still together, so you have to tell me. There is also a couple that I believe are both Jewish. Oh, yes. I like, yeah, the, the girl who has Tourette's. The girl oh, with Tourette's, which yes, is fascinating. I like, 
Yeah. Oh, they're so, they're great. They are still together because they're on Pillow Talk together. On Pillow Talk. So let's just do the tally. It's 90 Day Fiance. There's also a, <laughs> a spin off called uh, uh, Before the 90 Days. Before the 90 Days. <laughs> then there's Happily Ever After. There's Happily Ever After. And there's The Other Way, which is when an American what? goes to live in another country. Yeah. This- That's a good one. The The beautiful couple in that one is this woman, this kind of older, retired woman from the U.S. who meets this a little bit younger guy in India. And they're they're also in love, I would say, from my assessment. But then she finds out he, he's married already in India. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It's really rough because he's saying, like, my parents wouldn't approve. That's his reasoning for kind of hiding her for a while. But then it turns out he's married. That is not a cheap flight. No. This is another thing. I did a little bit of digging on this, and I don't know if you found out anything different. But I think that one of the reasons why TLC can churn this out, churn out so many shows, is they are not. Um, they are not paying. I think they're. They may be footing the bill for one flight. Oh, but that's, that's about it. It's, oh. So for they're footing the bill for, I believe, maybe one of the initial flights. Mm-hmm. But some of these folks are flying back and forth. Some of these, I mean, then I think these people are on the hook. Yeah. To be quite yeah. honest. Or maybe they, maybe they do eventually get paid something, yeah. but it's not, it's probably a year after. Well, they never talk like, I mean, and Sister Wives doesn't either, but they never talk like they're even getting a flight paid for by the show. They, especially this one girl, oh, what is her name? She's always going to Morocco to see her fiance and she's, oh, I can't remember. She has blonde hair and she has a little kid, Um, but she's constantly going back and forth because he keeps postponing the wedding and things. Um and I, oh she always God. talks about, like, I'm barely making this work. I can barely afford this. It's like, of course you can't. Stop it's a flight to Morocco. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be cheap. No, it's not a good idea. And he clearly doesn't want to marry you. He would have one of the first four times you went over there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, I guess one of the more heartbreaking, one of the more heartbreaking things I've seen on this episode is, I don't know what type of false promises or illusions that some of these women are given by their future husbands. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that when they're showing up at some of these places where these guys live and either these guys are living in dumps that they've barely cleaned or they have definitely misrepresented themselves. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. Oh, have you seen that? That is truly well. I mean, it's interesting because Annie and David were a little bit that way, but she rolled with the punches somehow. Have you seen the one where the guy takes her to a thrift store to go shopping? Oh God, that, no. this woman. So this is funny to me because I do shop at thrift stores, but this man kind of told this woman who I forget where she's from. I don't know if it's. Costa Rica or Puerto Rico I I don't remember where she's from but she comes over and he's like I'm gonna take you shopping baby and is like talking this big game Uh, and then they go to a thrift store and she says I don't want dead people's clothes (laughs) (laughs) and and he's like what is wrong with this which in a certain way yeah but also you were talking like you were gonna buy her like 
I don't know, like Louis Vuitton or something. And now you're at, I don't know. It's, it was, it's very weird. I also like, wonder I, if that's a test. You got to wonder yeah. that. Are they, yeah. are they continuing to test this mm-hmm. person who's on this visa to see if they are there? There are definitely people that are further ahead emotionally than other people that I have seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's always very shocking to me. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, wow, something has happened between the time of talking online or on the phone yeah. for months that, and them getting here. There is something that this woman has done or said yeah, that he's feeling threatened and maybe he is testing her. Yeah, yeah, that's very possible. There's one on the current season who this man, I think he's from Kentucky. He goes to Russia to meet his woman he's been talking to. And she has this horrible apartment. She says, well, I haven't been working on my apartment or getting my life together here because I'm going to move to the States. And he gets really put off and starts testing her because he thinks she was just seeing him as a ticket to the U.S., basically. Wow. Like, she has this apartment she lives in that she sleeps on a couch and then it has no finished bathroom. It has no, like, walls or ceiling in some spots. And he is like, oh, so you're just, like, not going to have an apartment here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of. Really... Yeah, that's rough. Well, check check it out, guys. Yeah, if this should <laughs> this should intrigue you enough to tune into TLC, where you can see shows like this, and my mother's <laughs> favorite, my six hundred pound life. Oh, my mom watches that too. I can't watch. I it. can't watch it either. The best part of TLC shows is because it's called the Learning Channel. I think it gives you a, 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 you know, a false sense that it's not exploitative like a Bravo show, but mm-hmm. it is. You no, know, it does. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it it's is. you know, there's also like Little People, Big World, and mm-hmm. Doctor Pimple Popper, which I've never Pimple watched. Ever. Yeah, what a bizarre smattering of topics. Really. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it might. I'm not sure if this is also the station that gave us. I never knew I was pregnant. Were the people who have the babies in the toilets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What what station was that on? I, I don't know. I I'm know gonna... talking about. Yeah. I, it's a, it's another show in which I can't I can't buckle up for a full thirty minutes for a show like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like my empathy draining from me, and I feel bad. Um, right. So, but listen, Kate, we have definitely given people a lot to think about so uh, i want to yes. let you go yes <laughs> thank, thank you, you for so me. <laughs> much for coming on and a reminder for everyone to check out some of kate's artwork on her instagram at nonsense singer all one word i would definitely go there go through her insta request to be friends look in her bio she has wonderful work and um kate i'll be talking to you one-on-one yeah. like a friend Yeah, that's right. Thank you for having me, Teresa. Absolutely. Love you, girl. Love you, too. Thank you all for sitting in there today and listening to this really long but hopefully fun episode of Pop Culture Persephone. Thanks again to my guest, Kate Atherton. Check her out on her Instagram at nonsensesinger.com. She is a wonderful artist and a wonderful human being. And as you can hear, hilarious. Also, 
You want to check out, if you haven't already, Tiger King. I can't believe it if you haven't checked that out. And some of these amazing shows, um, perhaps on TLC, that you might want to look into, like 90 Day Fiance and all of those auxiliary shows around it. And um, Sister Wives. My favorite out of all of these, of course, is Bravo's Vanderpump Rules which is the silliest, bougiest, most over-the-top, attention-seeking of all the reality stars out there, I personally think. And um, I want to leave you with a little something. I know that we are tired as hell of COVID-19. I sure as hell am. But there have been a few people out there giving me joy Um, in the celebrity world, and I need to bring up Mr. Leslie Jordan. Um, Leslie Jordan, best known as the little Southern man from Will and Grace, Beverly Leslie, as well as he was in the movie The Help. Uh, Ryan Murphy loves him. He has put him in several different um, American Horror Story um, series shows. I know that he was in Coven and he played one of the warlock witches. Um, he became famous really from, um, a play called Sorted Lives, which is, they, they turned it into a movie version. It was on a logo for a while. I don't know where else you can find it, but he also has, and this is hard to find too. Um, he has a stand-up special called my life down the pink carpet or something like that. Well worth watching. But his Instagram during all of this with COVID-19 has been absolutely hysterical. He is in Chattanooga, Tennessee with his mother. He went there to take care of her. And um, he's just out on Instagram talking to people, sharing his wisdom, sharing his hilarity every day. So I will leave you with Mr. Leslie Jordan, and I will tell everyone to have a wonderful day. Minisode coming up in a couple days, but for now, I hope you enjoyed Where the Wild Things Are on Pop Culture Persephone. I'm here making enough chicken salad for an army. Of one, because I'm in lockdown. You know, the sweet uh, Asian couple that take care of my plants when I'm gone brought me face mask gloves, and then they brought me this herbal incense powder. It's from Bhutan, traditional Chinese medicine. It's how to avoid the corona because it uh, you do little little snorts, and it'll help your immune system. But I'm scared. One time at a nightclub in New York, they gave me one of these with some illicit substance in it. And I went in the bathroom. Well, I came out and my friend said to me, you snorted a gram. There's none left. Oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. But anyway, I was the dancing queen that night. 22 years clean and sober, so I can tell stories like that. Y'all soldier on, man up.